Hello and welcome to Footnotes, the Cicerone podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Amy. And I'm Hannah. And thanks for joining us for our latest episode. This episode is all about walking in Lancashire, the area covered in a brand new guidebook by Cicerone author Mark Sutcliffe. Lancashire is a county with some of the most varied walking in the UK, with walks exploring the forests of Boland and Ribble Valley, as well as lovely coastal walks. There's also plenty of brilliant hill days available too. Walks are accessible from Preston, Blackburn, Burnley, Lancaster and Clitheroe. As an experienced outdoor writer and editor, Mark Sutcliffe is a former editor of Country Walking and Lakeland Walker magazines and an occasional contributor to some of the UK's leading outdoor magazines, which include Country File, Landscape and Trail. Mark has explored extensively in the UK and Europe on foot and has in-depth knowledge of the Lancashire countryside, where he spends much of his time hiking, birdwatching and taking photos. In 2016, he completed the Yorkshire Three Peaks, raising funds for dementia research. So before we get into talking to Mark, um, me and Mark are both from Lancashire, so I think we're going to get quite excited about talking about Lancashire. But Amy, you're from the the northern reaches of Cumbria, so how well do you know Lancashire? Yeah, not very well at all, actually. Um, I mean, it's really not that far, is it? But it's never somewhere that I've really explored. We tend to either go to the Lake District or maybe to the Peak District or North Scotland. So, yeah, it's never really been somewhere that I've visited. But I did have a really lovely time actually working with Mark editing this book. Um, And I feel like I really got to know the county a lot better by looking at the photos and reading the descriptions about the place. I didn't realise, for instance, how much wildlife there is in Lancashire and actually how varied the walks are in um, the coastline. I never really thought about because I guess I know about Morecambe Bay, but that's sort of it. I didn't really think about anything further than that. I think there's going to be a lot of people, actually, that that resonates with. Like everybody recognises Fortin Services at Lancaster from heading up towards the Lake District or Scotland. But maybe people don't see it as a, oh, I should turn off here. I should explore here. There's a lot of areas of the UK, not just Lancashire, that haven't got a name for themselves in the same way as the Lake District or the Peak District or the Dales. But actually, you can spend a few days exploring probably most parts of the UK and just realising that there are some beautiful, beautiful spots. Having said that, I think there might be some bias in this podcast and I uh, I apologise slightly for my levels of enthusiasm about talking about Lancashire. The only other thing that I'd just like to say before we talk to Mark is that this is actually my last episode of the podcast um, as the host and editor because I'm, I'm actually leaving Cicerone quite soon. So I just wanted to say you know, a huge thank you to everyone who has listened. Um, I really hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed myself chatting to our authors and other special guests. We've had some really brilliant conversations across the podcast and the live events. And I will miss my recording sessions with Hannah. There have been a lot of outtakes. I know she's going to do a absolutely brilliant job keeping this going. And I look forward to being like you, the listener, and being on the other side of it um, and listening to episodes in the future and continuing to be inspired about the outdoors. So yeah, best of luck, Hannah. Um, And thanks to the whole team at Cicerone that I've worked with, uh, both making and marketing guidebooks. It's been an absolute joy. And thanks again to everyone who has listened and for giving us such lovely feedback on the podcast so far. So yeah, thank you very much. It 
It's a really good day to be talking about Lancashire because I am feeling completely in love with Lancashire. I went out for a walk about 10 minutes behind my house and there's Cluffer and the Trough of Boland. And I went for a walk with my dogs and just wandered along and there was a curlew flying around. There were some lapwings that were protecting their nests. There were hares. It was just absolutely stunning. And from where I was standing, I could see the Lake District. I could see the sea and I thought there must be other counties I'm I'm sure there must. But where else do you get that diversity of landscape where you can go and see some limestone pavement or something, like a really rare geological feature, and then you can go to the seaside, and then you can go up a mountain, and it's all in this county. And I, I just felt really lucky. So it's good timing to be talking to you today. We do have it all. I mean, it is one of the most diverse counties. And I think a lot of people think, you know, Coronation Street and terraced houses and dark satanic mills, but there is a gorgeous coastline. There's some really key river estuaries, which are fantastic for bird watching. There's some great rivers and there's some fantastic hills, either in the West Pennines, on the moors there, or in the Forest of Boland, which really feels like a wilderness. Um, and, a, and a lot of people still don't really know that it even exists. I only discovered last year or the year before that forest doesn't necessarily mean that there's tons of trees. Because I used to drive into the Forest of Boland looking for ancient forests and actually be a bit confused when I couldn't find any Um But it's something to do with it being a royal hunting ground or something, isn't it? Yeah, the medieval term forest has got more to do with reserved hunting rights for the nobility and also the people that lived in the forest. So actually, going back to the Magna Carta, there was also the Charter of the Forest published at the same time, which gave certain right to the residents of the forest, which made it easier for them to actually preserve the forest for the nobles and and the king and his friends to come and pursue deer and whatever other game they could find. So hence, that's why the forest of Boland isn't as full of trees as it it could be. It's interesting, Lancashire is actually one of the least forested counties in the UK, and we really could do with getting more trees back in the forest of Boland, along with the rest of Lancashire. I'm really surprised by that, actually feels like there's trees everywhere. Yeah, it's, but it's, I think it's a legacy of the Industrial Revolution or, or, the, or the pre-Industrial Revolution. Um, you know, it, we are quite a, a densely populated area, certainly South Lancashire, East Lancashire. And of course, a lot of the trees that would have grown in the valleys were removed to make way for those dark satanic mills that we mentioned earlier. But I mean, that does mean that there's an awful lot of archaeological and historical interest in certainly the the hills and valleys of the West Pennines, where you've got a lot of these walks where you can start in a town centre and perhaps have a look at some industrial archaeology, but then get up onto the hills and, and get a completely different perspective. And I think it's interesting that walking is really ingrained in the kind of working class traditions of Lancashire, because people did work in the valley bottoms and it would have been a fairly full on environment, you know, a real hive of industry, literally. But then to get away from that, they they would walk up onto the tops and get away from all that noise and the smoke and the pollution and get some real headspace. And the places like Darwin were where there were precursors to the kinder trespass. And you got working people kind of facing off with, with landowners and gamekeepers for the right to get up there in the fresh air and, and out of the valleys and away from the factories. Yeah, all power to the people of Lancashire. 
Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a real long-running battle, really, between the landowner there and the people of Darwin. And there was a couple of court cases that, that came out of that, but, but the people did triumph in the end. Another interesting anecdote about Darwin Tower, if you line it up from the southwestern approaches, you can actually get the tower nestled between the jaws of Wernside and Ingleborough. It just slots in there nicely. I think I've got a couple of pictures of that somewhere. Maybe there's one even used in the book. Hannah's saying that, you know, there's all this history that has even taken her by surprise and she's Lancashire born and bred. And I feel like Lancashire is maybe somewhere that people do pass through and don't necessarily stop and explore because they're on the way to the Peak District or the Lake District, which, you know, those are places that could be very busy this summer. So what would you say to someone to encourage them to stop? I think the honeypot places like the lakes and the dales are going to be incredibly busy this year. A lot of people are going to be staycationing and a lot of people will be really pleased to get back to the countryside. But a lot of people drive past Lancashire on their way to the Lake District or the Yorkshire Dales. And, and maybe this is the year to pull off the M6 or the A59 a bit earlier and just explore places like the West Pennine Moors, the Ribble Valley, the Forest of Boland. Um, because on the whole, they are a lot quieter than the Lake District, where, you know, on bank holiday weekends, sometimes it's, it's virtually impossible to find a parking space, let alone get near the mountains. The same can be said of Malham and places like that in Yorkshire, where, where literally, unless you're there at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're not even going to get parked. Um, and certainly in the Forest of Boland, you can have the whole place to yourself. And I, I do think a lot of walkers do go walking to kind of just get a bit of space, both physical and mental. And and if they're surrounded by people and having to fight for a parking spot, that does kind of undermine the experience somewhat. Yeah, working on your book over lockdown and looking at the Lancashire coast, I did think, oh, I'd just love to go there just to see a different environment, different rolling fields, even different hills, um, because even though it's not actually that far from Cumbria, it does feel quite different. I think as well, lockdown was really instrumental in forcing me to explore more of Lancashire because it felt a bit too against the rules to cross over into Cumbria, even though actually the office is in Cumbria. And I would think nothing of driving an hour and a half into the Lake District at, at a weekend. But actually, I very rarely drive an hour and a half into the middle of the trough of Boland and explore something there. It's just not been something I've done that much of. So I was doing some exploring this spring in Sladeburn and Gisborne and the forests around there. And there's just a lot to explore, um, even for someone like me who's lived here for most of my life. You mentioned Clough of Pike. Um, I mean, that is, it's a kind of step into this other world, which is the Boland Fells and the roof of Boland. And from there, you've got a lot of these access tracks, which are, quite good going underfoot and you can literally walk for miles across Boland and not see another person. From Clough you can go on to Grip Fell and from there you could venture up onto the Wardstone which is the highest point in the forest of Boland and one of the highest points in Lancashire. And the views from there particularly on a still winter morning or one of those really clear evenings perhaps after rainfall the, the views from there are just some of the best anywhere in England. Because, I mean, you're talking about being able to see the Lakeland Fells and also down to Snowdonia. In the right conditions, you can also see the Isle of Man quite clearly. In really exceptional conditions, you might catch a glimpse of the mountains of Mourne over in Northern Ireland. 
And I can't think of anywhere else offhand in all the places I've walked all over England where you get views of that kind of magnitude, but you can get them up in the hills behind the Lancashire coast. So I should look beyond just trying to spot Blackpool Tower and Heesham Power Station then? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I think you need to switch up there. Yeah, I think you need to up the game. We've talked about the diversity of the countryside in Lancashire. With all this in mind, how did you start to narrow the routes down and only choose 40 for the guidebook? Well, I mean, I wanted at least another half dozen routes. I'm slightly biased in that I'm from kind of North Lancashire, but I think perhaps one of the highlights was discovering new places to walk, particularly places that are really accessible from the urban fringe. So places near to Blackburn and Burnley and Chorley where you've got this real town into country dynamic where you literally step off a bus or a train and within 15, 20 minutes, you can be in pristine countryside. And I think that's that's part and parcel of Lancashire's appeal. You've got what is quite a densely populated county, but you can very quickly access the countryside from the edge of the urban areas. So, I mean, I think in terms of diversity and variety, some of these walks where you've got a bit of industrial archaeology and history and some real rich tradition there, and perhaps following in the footsteps of the mill workers who just couldn't wait to escape on a bright Sunday in spring when they'd get the day off and they'd be out in their droves up onto the slopes of Pendle or the West Pennine Moor. Um, it gives an extra dimension and, and some historical context to the sort of walking that you're doing. If you want to discover Lancashire for yourself, please head on over to the Cicerone website where you can get 25% discount on Mark's guidebook. Type in Lancashire 25 at the checkout. That's Lancashire 25. We hope you enjoy reading the guidebook and discovering the Lancashire countryside for yourself. And because of that industrial heritage, there's also quite a lot of good rail links for lots of these walks. So they are quite accessible on the train, um, which brings a new perspective for people who don't want to be driving to the beginning of each walk. Yeah, yeah. You've got Clitheroe, which is on the line from Manchester, um, with easy links to Preston and Blackburn. And I mean, Clitheroe is the jumping off point for a whole raft of, of fairly easy countryside walks. Um, it's the closest place to Pendle, which is obviously an absolute icon in Lancashire. And I think there's a couple of different routes up Pendle in the new guide. But again, there's a walk there from Pleasington, which is a station on the outskirts of Blackburn, which is just absolutely fantastic. You leave the station and within 10 minutes, you're in absolutely beautiful woodland. And then you get within another hour, you're up Billinge Hill and looking at staggering views across the West Panam Moors to Pendle, which opens up access to just fabulous walking. But again, just right on the edge of town, so really accessible. This might be a good point to talk about the Boland Traverse, actually, because, I mean, it's a book of day walks, but that is a two-day route. Um, why did you come up with it and what inspired it? I've done quite a few longer distance walks, and I think if you really want to deep dive into a place to really get a feel for it, you kind of need to commit to exploring it on foot and leave the car behind. And Essentially, it, it gives you that, that kind of wilderness experience, wandering across the, the hills of Boland. 
and it gives you that real headspace with, a, with an obvious break point in the middle in the beautiful little village of Slaven. And I think logistically, the proximity to the stations make it easy. You don't need to worry about cars or taxis or luggage transfers. But in some cases, there are other options that perhaps lengthen it and increase the mileage. But I think if you've got a station at either end, it's so much easier to complete the walk without worrying about complicated logistics. And what's the walking like in Lancashire? Is it fair to say that the walking is all fairly gentle in this county or are there some more rugged parts? Definitely rugged. I mean, you've got quite a lot of steep stuff. Um, so it's certainly not the Cartswolds. And you've got Gregarath, which is it's a proper mountain. It's over 2,000 feet. And in amongst the really big stuff on the borders of Cumbria and Yorkshire, so that's certainly not gentle walking. And to tackle that in winter is, is quite an undertaking. But by the same token, you do have sort of more lowland walks, which, which do traverse beautiful countryside, woodlands, riverside walks. You've got the lot, really. So whatever the weather, and let's be honest, it does rain quite a lot up here. You've got an option. Um, you know, if the cloud's down, you don't need to go up high. You can experience some beautiful walking at much lower level. But if you want a real challenge, you've got Pendle, you've got Bregarath, you've got the Boland Fells. You've got all bases covered, really. Gregarath is another one I haven't done. I'm quite ashamed. Yeah. Nobody knows it's in Lancashire for a start. Everybody assumes it's in Yorkshire or Cumbria. Um, of course, there is a really good anecdote about Gregarath. It is only the highest mountain in Lancashire now, i.e. since 1974, because of the boundary restructuring, which happened in 1974. Prior to that, of course, Coniston Old Man was the highest mountain in Lancashire. It's a perennial quiz favourite, that question. Absolutely. It's one of my favourite hills as well. Um, it is a go-to hill for me. But it's slightly poignant when you get to the top of the Gareth, because if you look carefully, kind of vaguely north, just west of north, you can actually see the old man of Coniston on the horizon. And uh, you're almost thinking, look what you could have won. There's some quite interesting features on Gregarath, isn't there as well? Yeah, you've got the um, the old men of Gregarath, which are a series of cairns on top of the northern slopes of other kind of screens. But um, there's also a response. There's the three women of Gregarath as well. And actually, they're probably more elegant to, to look at and certainly more photogenic than the old men, which is looking decidedly middle-aged these days. They've got a bit paunchy and, um, and bits are starting <laughs> to fall off them. I know the feeling. Happens to us all. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this for ages. There's so many things we haven't talked about. Pendle Witch Trials. There's the fact that the Queen is the Duke of Lancaster. Um, and there's the War of the Roses. But, I mean, out of everything that Lancashire has got to offer, what would you say to somebody who was thinking about coming to Lancashire? I think for somebody who's from further afield, they'd be really surprised at the diversity and the beauty um, of the county. I think the beer is something that we take very, very seriously. And it often goes hand in hand with, with a good walk at Pines at the end of it. Um, we often may accompany that pint with, with a bite to eat. And we take food very seriously in Lancashire. I mean, the Ribble Valley really is a kind of bit of a foodie mecca. It really has got some amazing country inns and, and friendly pubs. 
And I think that's the other thing about Lancashire. Wherever you go, you will get a warm welcome. People are very friendly, very amenable and, and very welcoming of visitors. So as, as a kind of short break, short walking break destination, that combination of great walks, great beer and great food is, is an appealing one. And you did say before that it does rain quite a lot here, but it's also quite mild in Lancashire. So in the summer, we might end up having slightly warmer rain and, and in the winter, it's slightly colder rain, but it's not a county of extremes. So we don't get tons of snow and we don't get insanely hot summers either. I mean, as, as you can see, every time you start climbing anywhere in Lancashire, you can pretty much always expect to see the sea. We are heavily influenced by that maritime climate. And uh, yeah, it does keep things a bit milder and very verdant throughout the year. And do you think that's why there's so much wildlife in Lancashire? Because I thought that was wonderful in the book, how there's loads about the varied bird life that you have, and you describe it as a bird watcher's paradise. Yeah, I mean, certainly the the, the coastline um, around the Ribble Estuary and the Loon Estuary, just sensational for waders and seabirds. Um, the absolute icon is the Hen Harrier, which after a few years where it was almost looking like it was in danger of going extinct, um, the numbers are back with a bang and it's really doing a lot better. Still not out of the woods yet, it's still a very rare bird, but it's great to see. And then you've got other things like ring oozles, which are again a very, very rare upland blackbird. But yeah, it's a really fabulous spot. And again, I think it's probably down to that diversity. You've got the estuaries, you've got the upland wildernesses, and you've got the intimate wooded valleys. So you've got a real diversity of habitat to hold rarer species in there. And not as many people to scare them away. And not as many people to scare them away. Yeah, absolutely right. Because, you know, where I was walking yesterday and I was astonished about how much I could see and it was just out for an hour or so, felt like a real treat. The, the other bird that's really kind of vanished from the lowlands, and you mentioned it earlier, Hannah, is the, the curlew. Um, we've got amazing numbers of curlews um, because they spend their winters down by the coast on the estuaries. But then they come up the rivers and breed in the, the uplands. And you'll hear that bubbling, slightly poignant call from February right through until they really settle down to raising their young um, in late May. And it really is another icon of the uplands and, and especially the uplands of Lancashire. Yeah, I haven't seen a hen harrier. I saw a few black grouse last time I was out. But yeah. yeah. Haven't yeah. seen hen harriers. Hen harriers are um, the, the male and the female look totally different. So the females are kind of large brown birds, quite easy to mistake for buzzards superficially. But the males are like ghosts. They're kind of really pale with black tips, the wings, slightly smaller and slighter than the females. And they are just gorgeous. To see one of those soaring above the heather is is a real treat this time of year. I'm assuming the answer to this is yes, but is Lancashire a good destination for families going walking? Yeah, again, you've got that range of routes, so you don't need to commit to um, a 10 mile, 2,000 foot of ascent hike. 
you can do something a lot lower level. And as I said, because it is quite densely populated, you've often got good walking quite close to the suburbs or, or, or the urban areas. So you don't have to venture too far. It's not too big a day out for the, for the little ones. And, and there's usually a sweetie shop or an ice cream shop not too far away. To finish up, I think there's two things that people often think when they think of the north of England. They think of whippets and flat caps and they think it's grim up north. Apart from telling these people to go and buy the book and discover for themselves why that's not true, is there anything else that you would say to people who who think it's grim up north? Well, I'd just say if you think it's grim up north, um, either stay down south (laughs) or come and see for yourself whether it really is grim up north because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like Lancashire. It's city, coast and countryside is the is the slogan. And I think it's so apt because it really is. It's it's all of that. I honestly think they should just make no bones about it. This is the outdoor capital of the UK. Um, you know, and it's England's answer to Portland or, or Seattle. And, you know, anybody that's just looked across Morecambe Bay at those hills with the snow on, and they just looked amazing. And it was so clear across the bay i love it brilliant on that note thank you mark for that perfect perfect lovely talking to you both and thanks to you for listening to this latest episode of footnotes the cicerone podcast let us know what you think by leaving reviews on apple podcasts or by emailing us live at cicerone.co.uk we'd really love to hear from you To keep up to date with the podcast, please follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast app or provider. You can also listen on the Cicerone website, www.cicerone.co.uk, where you can browse our full range of guidebooks, read our articles and sign up to our newsletter. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. So in the meantime, search for at Cicerone Press on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also join our Facebook community group, Cicerone Connect, to connect with other outdoor enthusiasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you soon.